So this morning we're looking at two passages, one from the Old Testament book of Isaiah, and then the New Testament book of James. So first from Isaiah. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance. With divine retribution, he will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there, and those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. And now from James 5, verses 7 through 10. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this week I was looking for some sort of a story or a, a joke about opposites. And this week I found this story. It's about a psychology program at a southern university. And the students were um, attending their first class on emotional extremes. So the professor wanted to establish some parameters for the class, so he asked a student from Arkansas, what is the opposite of joy? The student replied, sadness. Then the professor asked a student from Oklahoma, what is the opposite of depression? The student replied, elation. And then the professor asked a student from Texas, and what is the opposite of woe? The student replied, I believe, sir, the opposite of woe is giddy up. <laughs> I thought it was cute. So the reason I was thinking about opposites this week is because our two passages seem to be opposite from one another. In our Old Testament passage, Isaiah seems to be presenting a message that comes across as kind of a glass half full 
and or perhaps overflowing. And James's message is a glass half empty kind of message. Isaiah paints this picture of a parched land that is extremely happy and a desert land that is blooming and the whole earth is rejoicing. But then we read James, and he encourages the early Christians to stand firm and to bear with one another in their faults and their failings and to have patience with each other. Isaiah has this theology of exuberance, and James has a theology of patient endurance. Now, while that definitely seems like opposites, as Christians, we are encouraged to live fully into both of those realities. We are invited into this place of joy and sorrow. We are encouraged to live in this place where the earth is bursting with abundance, yet at the same time, there are places that are dry and desolate. We are called to live in that tension between what was and what is to come. At our retreat last weekend, we spent the time talking about this tension. It's the tension between what was, what is, and what is yet to come. It's that struggle to honor where we've come from, but at the same time prepare for the future. We talked about how we no longer live in a time that it, it's assumed that people are Christian, because they're not. We, as a church, have to figure out different ways, new ways of relating to people, because we no longer live in a Christian era. So today, um, I'm giving everybody that was on the retreat an opportunity to share with you a little bit about something that stood out for them, something that they learned, um, or whatever God has laid on their hearts to share as we think about um, leading the church into the future. So who would like to speak first? Patty? I kept thinking about what I was going to say, and it led it back to questions. And no, you don't have to answer, but you need to think about them and answer them for yourselves. We know our families, right? Do we know our church family? Do we know them as well as we should know them? We know who our leaders are. Have we seen them function in the way that they lead the church? that has created a church that has grown, that would be sorely missed if we went away. And what a way to, to re, rejuvenate, re, reorganize your life. I know it's only two and a half days, it should be a week, that you have that time to spend, share your joy, your love for Christ, learn each other, be with each other, and you have the down alone time that you spend with you and our Heavenly Father. It's just a fantastic and fantastic thing that we all should do. And not just the officers. We all should be the interested person. That's all. Thank you. Right in front. I really, I enjoyed the retreat and this is, 
I've gone to several of them. Um, what I really like is it's, it is a nice time to get to know some of the members of your church family and get to worship with them in a smaller, intimate setting and also to know what we can pray for for them. Um, it was a time of reflecting and learning and a time to get excited about how we are going to work together to go and grow as a church. And Richard. I also attended and uh, I've had the opportunity to go to different retreats, both at Bethany and, and at Butler. As a member of this church, we should all try to take time of our busy schedule to attend this event. It's an opportunity to know and see Christians in a different light. The retreat is an opportunity to address the different issues for the new year and implement all the new ideas, as you can see in the bulletin today. Please join us next year. You won't be sorry. Thank you, Richard. Karen? Okay, I've been to multiple retreats over the year. And whenever we come back from the retreat, everybody is very enthusiastic about all the changes that we plan on making. What we need to do is carry it throughout the next year. And the one thing that you'll see in the bulletin in the flyer that's in there is about the one thing, or thing one and thing two from Dr. Seuss. Any of you who are Dr. Seuss fans? Um, we've done before the one thing challenge, where you're challenged to do one thing during the upcoming year. Okay, that is going to continue. If you can do an extra thing and do two things, that's great, but at least do thing one. Go do thing one. Grow is thing two. And besides doing stuff for the church or for the community, we need to grow in our faith. And right now, we have a great growing opportunity. We have more classes than we have Sunday school rooms for. So if you walk down the Sunday school hall, you'll notice two rooms have been cleaned out. So all we need to do is get them fixed up and they'll be ready to go. And there are several small groups that are meeting. If one of them does not meet your needs or you have an interest in doing something special, that's always, always, always an option. So keep that in mind because we want everyone to grow in their faith. Thank you. This is my second year I went to the retreat. I really enjoyed it. I've learned a lot of things and I think everyone should try to go to it. And I came out with a spiritual cleansing. Thank you. I also have been to several retreats, and they're such an uplifting and spiritual experience. We talk about the growth of this church and our church family, and uh, we talk about how much God is in our, our life. I truly enjoy this wonderful time with all the church members who attend. I know any of you who decide to participate would love it. Very uplifting. And our Reverend Tina does a tremendous job in preparing the weekend that we spend together. Thank you. Who else? Kelly? 
If you haven't looked in the bulletin yet, there is a half a sheet in there saying some of the things that came from the retreat. Um, just consider 2020 being active and involved. That's going to be the focus. And through prayer and invitation, hopefully everyone will be willing to be a part of this. You know, get involved. Would you like to tell them about upstairs? Um, through the, the retreat, it was noted there, there are a lot of new groups, a lot of Sunday schools, classes being started. Uh, the upstairs in the building, we've, we built steps last year to go up into the attic. It's all unfinished up there, but that gives us access to the, the bell tower, gives us access to the air conditioning units in the upstairs above the sanctuary here. Um, you can see the two vents up there. There are two big air conditioners on each side of those vents. Uh, to access that, it's really hard. So the stairs were built for that reason, but it lit, left us with a, a room bigger than the library out there. Um, so the goal is to, to hire a contractor to come in and, and refinish that. And then it'll be set up for a meeting room, possibly a youth room. You know, we're, we're still kind of going to see the need for that, but that's the plan is to get someone to come out and finish it. The Wednesday work group working on the bathrooms. Um, one's almost finished, and then we'll start on the other side for the handicapped bathrooms for the ladies. But, um, so just due to the lack of time on their part, it's going to be sent out to a contractor. So we're looking right now for bids to, to do that. So um, keep that in your prayers. But um, it's going to be nice when it's all completed. So again, if you want to be a part of that, please let somebody know. Thank you. Um, Jeff? This uh, retreat, is, is, to me, it's a time of renewal and rejoice. Um, you get together to discuss uh, what's, what we've done well, what we can do better. And the go and go theme is really part of that, a big part of that retreat. Um, I just wish we'd get more people to attend that, whether you're an officer of the church or whether you're a, just a congregational member. We need you all. We need all of the input that we can. And that goes for any committee, Sunday school class, small group. If you can attend any one of these things, that would be great. Stacy, Jeff, Stace. Um, you know, this time of Advent, we've been talking a lot about um, our journeys, our spiritual journeys, and I really think that this new 2020 coming up is going to be a lot about finding each other on the journey um, and how we can work together to, to help build each other up. Um, over that weekend, a lot of us are so blessed by the grace of God while we're together. I just really do encourage um, anyone who is thinking of attending to come to actually take that step of faith, um, join us in seeing where your church is going, where your family is building, um, and to, over this 2020 year, to just come together and let's, let's become a closer-knit family and join each other on our journeys. Thank you. Um, who else? Gwen, what did you do to him? <laughs> Deb, you want to say something? I 
I've attended the conferences for several years, and the past few years I've attended them as a member, not in a leadership role. I never regret that. I always go there with anticipation and an open heart. I know it is a tremendous experience for personal growth and also an opportunity to share ideas about um, the vision for the church and wonderful things have happened to individually and, and as a group as a result of the treat, retreat. And every year, my sad thought is, it is a shame that you know, so-and-so wasn't here to see this or, he, or be involved with this. So I really, really, really hope that uh, next year when the invite comes up, that you won't miss that opportunity. Thank you. Anybody else? Good job, Donna. See, what the retreat does, even people that hate to speak in front of people, they're doing it. So she's having an uh, anxiety attack, but yes. she's still doing it. Right. Exactly. At least I don't have to stand. Anyways, I attended the retreat last year for the first time, um, not going, not knowing what to expect. Well, it surpassed what I expected. And as a congregational member, I went back again this year and I was twofold blessed. So I'm just a common member like everyone else here. Um, you have to go, you have to. Thank you, thank you very much. Who'd I miss? I think that's everybody. So those are your leaders and um, I'm gonna give you a vocabulary word like I gave them at the retreat. We talked about um, the Christendom era and the post-Christendom era. Christendom is the time of Christianity, basically, when it was assumed that everybody was Christian. Um, I know when I grew up, um, it wasn't a matter of, are you Christian? It was a matter of what church do you go to? Um, but we don't live in that era anymore. We live in a post-Christian era where it is not assumed. We are actually oftentimes in the minority in a large group of people. And so we talked about um, how do we honor all of those things that got us to this place? Um, how do we honor that but yet move into the future? And we realize that what we have done, what got us here is not going to get us there. And so we have to think about different ways to lead in this new culture in which we live. And so um, that's how they you know, came up with this idea that we are encouraging, challenging everybody to go in service and to grow in faith. Because if we are not growing in our faith, then the church is not even going to be here in 20 years. So we talked about um, years ago, before we went to ECO, I had posed that question to the leadership. If Paris Church disappeared tomorrow, would anybody notice? And we said, probably not. And that is when we became very mission focused. But we are done asking that question because now people in the community, they know we're here. And everywhere I go, people say to me what wonderful things the Paris Church is doing. But now the question is, how do we make sure we are relevant in 20 more years? That is a tremendous challenge for us. And that's what these passages are talking about. It's about how to live in that in-between time when people, it was assumed that people knew Jesus, and now people don't. 
So, and, and Jesus is coming again. So how do we live now in this in-between time? How do we lead others to Jesus? James talked about that patient endurance. It's about, again, what we do in that in-between time, between what was and what is yet to come. So how do we take Christ to the world? How do we make sure that the church is here? There is only one body of Christ, and that is us. So how do we be an example to others and lead others to Christ in this post-Christian era? So um, there is a new world coming, and we have to take Christ there. So that was the challenge of our leadership, was to talk about how do we get there? How do we do this? So we're challenging everybody to do two things next year, to go in service. Find, remember a couple years ago, we did that one thing campaign. What are you doing in the church to serve? What is one thing that you are doing? Go, go in service. And then the second part of that is grow in faith. If we are not personally growing, we are never going to help someone else come to know the Lord. So get involved in a Bible study, Sunday school class, small group, talk to me, we'll start new ones. Um, and now we're making space uh, to have these. So if, if you don't fit into something that already exists, let's start something new. We have two Sunday school classes and two small groups that are starting um, fresh, like kind of started now, but starting in January for sure. Um, we'll start more. So uh, talk to me, talk to Joel, uh, talk to any of these leaders, anybody that spoke today, um, and we'll, we'll get, get things moving so that we can take the church into the next generation. And stay tuned for more information on the dots. Um, there's been some buzz already this morning. Why do I have this color dot and you have that color dot? Um, you'll find that out. That came as a result of the retreat as well. So you'll be finding out more about that as we move into the next year. So um, um, Ignatius of Loyola says that we have to pray as if everything depends on God and we have to work as if everything depends on us. And when we work as if everything depends on us, that's the go part. And if we pray as if everything depends on God, that's the grow part. So let us as a congregation moving into this next year, let us all go and grow. Let's pray. Almighty God, I just thank you so much for everyone that attended the retreat, for their openness, for their leadership, uh, for their willingness to share with us today. Uh, Lord, we're really grateful for that. And I pray for all of us as a congregation. Lord, we are so excited about what you have done in our midst. We are so grateful for all of those people who got us where we are, all of the work that they the work that they put into uh, building projects and um, and just the work to keep this church going. We are truly grateful for all of them. Um, and Lord, help us all now, everybody sitting here today, to realize that we have to be the ones to do the work um, to take the church into this next generation. Help us to be a beacon of light in this dark world. Help us to go uh, where you are sending us um, to be witnesses to the grace and the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ. And God, we just thank you for what you are doing in our midst. We pray in Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen.